You're with Julian on the Brown Note, and now a review of Once Upon a Time in the West, which um, I hadn't actually seen before. Um, to give some backdrop, Sergio Leone was uh, born in Lazio, funnily enough, in, in Rome, home of uh, the famous football club, and had an extensive introduction to film, which led to him co-directing uh, The Last Days of Pompeii and then uh, making his debut with The Colossus of Rhodes. But from then on, I think he had a run of four films that are as good as any director has ever had. Uh, and given that the first two films he had were really not his projects, for his first four projects to have all been of such an incredible standard is quite remarkable. Um, the first one was obviously A Fistful of Dollars and introduced Clint Eastwood and the whole notion of the spaghetti western. I thought the most underrated film he's done was a follow-up, A Fistful of Dollars, um, which expanded on similar themes. It was a really tight film um, and is incredible. I saw it recently and I was really surprised by how much stronger it was than A Fistful of Dollars. And he then went off and did a couple of widescreen epics, um, which have gone down in history as two of the best westerns ever made, if those other two weren't. Uh, once, uh, sorry, uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, which was the final time he would work with Clint Eastwood um, in a starring role. And then he went on to this, Once Upon a Time in the West, another epic film. He said he wasn't going to do any more westerns, but then the studio offered him a lot of money and also Henry Fonda, who was one of the biggest names in Hollywood uh, and one of the biggest names of all time, as far as acting goes. And had only really played good guys. Um, he was known as one of the most honourable people on screen, almost like uh, James Stewart was. And here he was going to play an extreme villain. Um, the film is obviously directed by Sergio Leone, but it's a real powerhouse of Italian cinema because it was written by uh, Sergio Leone and Bernardo Bertolucci, who hadn't directed a film but would go on to be one of the most acclaimed of all Italian directors, and Dario Argento, who is um, one of the most famed horror directors of all time, uh, famed for films like Suspiria. And those three actually helmed the writing of the movie, and also the music was done by none other than Ennio Morricone, who for me is the greatest film scorer of all time. You can forget John Williams or anyone like that. For me, he is the guy that managed to put... He used to do this thing where he would um, very cleverly put motifs on time zones or on individual characters and then develop that throughout the film. And he did that in uh, one of my most favourite of all films, Once Upon a Time in America, which he did in the... I think that came out in 1984, and he actually wanted to direct it before directing Once Upon a Time in the West, which came out in 1969. So he'd been developing that project for a long time, but Ennio Morricone's music in that film, where they can use it to just uh, throw in a few bars of a, of a motif, and it does conjure up other eras or other parts of the movie or the story that's already progressing. This one doesn't feature his usual cast of characters, um, instead, it features Claudia Cardinale as the probable main star of the film, which is very unusual for him to have a female lead. I don't know an awful lot about the great Italian actress Cardinale, except I remember seeing her in uh, Visconti's amazing film The Leopard and thinking she was one of the most beautiful women that's ever been on screen. She's here a little bit older, and she plays a woman that uh, has uh, a past as a prostitute in New Orleans, but meets this really nice guy 
who's got a house in the middle of nowhere and this guy has been very clever because he's deliberately put his house on the only water supply in the region knowing full well that the railroad dependent on steam engines needs that water and at one point in his life it's going to make him rich. Unfortunately the people that own the railroad want that themselves and the railroad owner sends out Henry Fonda as Frank as this muscle man to try and put some pressure on the guy to sell up. Instead he just goes and kills him and his three children, uh, one of whom's not that old either, in a very brutal scene and it's a film with a lot of brutality in it. And then we get this amazing sequence of Claudio Cardinale arriving by train to probably the most beautiful music I've heard in film which is the main theme for Once Upon a Time in the West which I think is a high point of Ennio Morricone's music. And she looks around the station for her husband or for his children or for someone to take her to this outlying property and no one's there. And then she sort of gradually, her eyes change over the course of probably nearly an hour of the film as she gradually goes through these realisations of what she's done, where she is, and eventually she spies in a pretty upsetting scene that the whole town's guarded around these tables where her husband and her husband's children are all dead and they've been shot apparently by a bandit played by Jason Robards who's um, been blamed for what Henry Fonda's character's done. The whole sequence is very long and it's an amazingly perfect one. It's one of the reasons I'm reviewing the film. Um, <coughs> I found this film to be an astonishing screenplay, a really powerful... I, I think I rate filmmakers and directors the same way I'd rate Modest Mouse. It's that it's, they've got everything going on. There's always something that's telling a story. Even the way things are framed or people are standing or the look, everything is part of the whole experience and it takes a real genius of a director to have so much going on. And um, it's a very, very long film, nearly three hours, which for the time was uh, extraordinarily long and the Americans did exactly what they did with Once Upon a Time in America which is they cut loads out and released it in incomprehensible form not quite the hatchet job they did on Once Upon a Time in America but the film bombed and it was uh, slated by critics because obviously they'd taken a big chunk of the movie out um, but worldwide the full length version got released and is pretty much regarded as the alongside something like the searches now as one of the great greatest if not the greatest western ever made it's very uh, reflective of the whole genre there's an awful lot of uh, characters motifs um, scenes that represent other parts of other films such as high noon there's a high noon standoff done brilliantly at the start uh, where um, Leone pulls out his bag of tricks with regards to building up tension, as well as any director has ever done. Um, his use of sound, I remember him using a ringing telephone at the start of Once Upon a Time in America that goes on for nearly 10 minutes, slowly ringing in the background. And it's he's got an incredible sense of pulling everything together. It's a very brutal film. It's, um, it's got a number of scenes in it which quite shocked me. Um, considering that the level of violence and language in it compared to films nowadays is obviously nothing. There's a scene in it where Claudio Cardinale first meets the gangster Jason Robards and his gang, and uh, Jason Robards is very interested why the whole town is out trying and gunning for him for these murders that he didn't commit. 
And Claudia Cardinal just is is very matter of fact in a crushing way and in a in not in an empowering way in a in a resigned way when she tells him, "Look, you and your men can do whatever you want to me. As soon as you're gone, I'm just going to have a bath." wash you off and I'll be as good as you and it's not done in an empowering way it's actually crushing and it gives lots of life to what her character must have been going through in New Orleans when she was working as a as a prostitute it also stars Jewel Brimmer who's um sorry not Jewel Brimmer Charles Bronson who takes over the role that was intended for Clint Eastwood and he is another it's a very very complicated plot it's got several different main themes happening all at once and one of them is Charles Bronson, who arrives as this mysterious man with no name Gunslinger, which was the lead character in all the other westerns that Sergio Leone made. And he has his own story, which is um, both entwined with the main theme and also separate from it, as no one really knows what his story is. And then there's a story with Jack, uh, Henry Fonda, who is this ambitious and extremely vicious, nasty, villainous railroad employee who has this other film going on with his um, with his employer, where his employer's in this very strange state where he suffers from tuberculosis of the bones, which I'd never even heard of. And he lives in a trailer car that's driven up and down the railroad, and he has to sort of swing from the ceiling on these um, pulleys and levers and these hanging things that he can cling onto. And he's a very, very sick man, and Henry Fonda's sort of gradually circling him. And it's an amazing amount going on, and there's, I was actually quite confused at certain times because there's quite a lot of different plots happening at once, and you sort of wonder, how has this person got here? But overall, I thought music, acting, the screenplay, and the amount that it moved me and the amount that I thought that it was a sensational film and that someone here was really tapping into something that was you know, godlike as far as making a movie. So the reason I'm reviewing it is in all the years I've reviewed films on this show, I've never given a perfect score, and I'm going to give Once Upon a Time in the West 10 out of 10. Uh, I've given probably half a dozen more than that, 9.5 out of 10. Even for her, I recently gave that a 9.5 out of 10, um, as I thought that was a brilliant film, and American Hustle I gave that too. But this one, the only 10 out of 10 I've given, a true masterpiece a very long film it might be a bit long for some but once upon a time in the west wonderful this is